Welcome to Third Way Thinking, brought to you by Reverend Ryan Canaday and Gargi Agawala, a podcast designed to help you do life better and find heart-led solutions to everyday obstacles and struggles. And we, my friends, are in the second episode of this thing on prayer and meditation. And so what we want to do with you today is explore some of the emotional and physical benefits of meditation and prayer. And here's how we're going to start things. Oh, by the way, Gargi, should we tell them about our event coming up? We've mentioned it a couple times. I think we should re-mention it okay. because we want y'all to come. This is going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a face-to-face thing. We get to meet some of you all in person, uh, and we're so grateful for you all's uh, support. Uh, some yeah, of we you get are... to meditate together, connect with each other, talk to each other. Yeah, and, and I get it. For most of you, we've never seen you. We've never connected in person. S- some of you are local. Uh, but others of you are scattered throughout the country and the world. I know there's some international listeners out there, so greetings. Uh, but this event, Meeting Yourself Where You Are, is coming up May 16th. That is a Wednesday evening, 6.30 to 9, at a place called uh, Living the Dream Brewery. So come hang out with us. Gargi and I are going to have all sorts of fun. We're going to explore um, what it means to find that peace. Uh, the expectations, the comparisons, the fear that we allow to take over and what it means to move beyond those things. We're going to go on a journey together. Um, Come hang out at 6.30. You can get tickets online. You can go to our Facebook page, Third Way Thinking. Tickets are $30 online and $35 at the door, so get your tickets beforehand. This is for um, all ages 16 and up because we think the content is not going to be like Totally speaking to a five-year-old, but 16-year-olds, make it a date night, make it a mother-son night, dad-daughter night, whatever you want to do, but we'd love to hang out and see you there. Uh, you're going to dig this place, this brewery. It's kind of industrial. It's it's uh, got that raw kind of feeling to it. And it's a different way to spend the evening, a different social interaction with a little bit of depth. Yeah, and, and we're going we're gonna to have fun. We're going to laugh along the way. You are going to leave feeling lighter. So, hey, if you have any questions about that, hit us up on our Facebook page, Third Way Thinking. (sighs) Back to meditation and prayer. Gargi, explore with us. um, I think you all are going to find this fascinating. The science of the mind when it comes to meditation. So meditation actually changes your brain. People who do it regularly, they actually develop thicker prefrontal cortexes. So your brain changes and it grows. Uh, and it particularly in the areas that govern how we process our emotions. So whether we react or whether we respond, they're very different. Um, How well we focus, how creative we are, and then also how aware we are of more than just ourselves. So meditation is just such a whole brain leveling up. It's literally like upgrading your software when you meditate regularly. And what it does, at least for me, is it lets me get some distance from anxiety and repeating worries on a loop. That's what meditation does for me. And it can also give you direction and clarity. It gets you to steer your ship. Because if you think about a ship, and if you are even one degree directionally off from where you want to go, you end up in a completely different location. So for me, meditation actually helps me direct and guide 
my intention for the day, my direction for the day, and um, helps me get to the location I actually want to get to. So let, let me pause there for just a moment. When you're talking about meditation, just so we can get really practical with it, so in your personal experience, how long does Gargi meditate? Where, where are you? If you can walk through that, that process with us. Are you in your living room? Is it five minute, minutes? Is it two hours? Is it? So in the morning, I always start every day with yoga and meditation. And in that traditional way, yoga practiced in India was a way of stretching and moving the body to prepare the body for meditation. That's why yoga was practiced. It was a precursor to sitting still and being quiet. And that's what it is for me. Yoga allows me to move my body so that I can get out of my head and into my senses and inside of my body. So I do that for about 15 or 20 minutes every morning. And um, then at night, my nightly practice is more important for me. It's the way I de-stress. It's the way I tell, give those signals to my body to come down from being in fifth gear to fourth gear to third gear to second gear to first gear. And then I can sleep. Because if I just lie down in fifth gear with my mind running at the yeah. speed it does, I don't sleep. And what I do is I tend to repeat worries. I tend to be on that treadmill of my mind. But when I do this restorative yoga practice and meditation practice at night, it, it's um, the body likes habits. You know, Our body responds to what we do regularly. So when I consistently go on that mat at night, my body says, oh, it's time to shut down. It's time to go from five, four, three, two, one. And actually, just to give you the science, um, 15 minutes of meditation drops our cortisol level by 20%. Cortisol is the stress hormone. Mm. It's the thing that is responsible for eating into our memory. It's the thing that's responsible for inflammation in our body, decreasing our immunity. Cortisol is it's pretty destructive. And Harvard Medical School has reported that 80 to 90% of all disease is stress-related. And cortisol is the stress hormone. Mm. So if we're not attacking the stress hormone or depressing it and decreasing the stress hormone, we are just literally giving fertilizer to whatever disease our body is predispositioned to. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And think about when you say you start your day this way, uh, there's new research being done now because so many of us, we uh, I said this in the last episode, we sleep with our phones beside our bed. And for many of us, myself included, my phone is my alarm clock, right? No one has alarm clocks anymore. We have cell phones. Uh, so the first thing you wake up, you're, you're picking up your cell phone. How many of you jump straight to email? The first thing you do is jump into that stress, the email or social media. That's very different than starting with meditation, starting with a centering practice rather than opening your eyes and jumping into the chaos of life. Well, it is. You're jumping into the stress response. The minute you open those things, they're stimulating. The brain has so many things to process, uh, and it's like overload. But when you maybe jump onto your yoga mat or your meditation cushion, what you're doing is setting that direction for your day. You're steering your course. Yeah. I always think of it like a ship, and I'm steering my course for the day. It does things like affect your awareness. So when I finish my meditation, I go downstairs, I'm so much more aware of what I'm going to put in my mouth to eat, what I'm going to drink, because I'm aware. Yeah. I'm not on automatic pilot in the highway of habit of just grabbing what's available and running. Mm. 
So I think once you have a stress relief practice like meditation in your life, it really enhances, let's say you're eating well and you are exercising regularly and you add this meditation practice, now you've got all three legs of the stool. And that's complete health, that's whole health because you're reducing that stress response. And without doing something as an antidote to the stress response, it's always gonna be there. In fact, some forms of exercise, when we do intense exercise, they actually increase our cortisol levels because they're intense. They are um, Hmm. working different brainwaves in our mind. We have four states, four brainwaves that we tend to be in. So beta is what you and I are in right now. It's the thinking state, the analyzing state. It's the stress state. But when we meditate, we drop into something called alpha. And alpha is Uh. where creativity is. So that's why sometimes when you're in the shower, you get a great brainwave, an idea. We even call it a brainwave idea because we have changed our brainwave state to alpha. So think of alpha as when you're just waking up in the morning, you're kind of alert, but you're restful and relaxed. That's alpha. And when you do 15 minutes of meditation, you drop to alpha. Yeah, yeah. Same in prayer. I'm so glad you said that because that's helping me make the connections. When um, When I pray with people, I always encourage people not to don't make this a thinking exercise. Uh, when, when we're praying, when you're praying on your own, don't jump into the, get out of the beta, what did you call it, the beta phase? Yeah. Beta stage of the brainwave activity? Yeah. Get out of that and enter into the- Alpha. Alpha, that makes so much sense. I don't wanna cut you off though. Did you did you have Not more about all. the- Not at all, no. So, um, oh, I'm so glad you said that. I had never heard that before, the beta versus the alpha in terms of when it comes to prayer and meditation. So helpful, and here's why I think it's helpful. Um, First, if you remember in the last episode, the way I'm thinking about prayer is, and and you'll notice we're talking about prayer and meditation in the same category here, slightly different, but same categories, perhaps different traditions or different perspectives. But the way I'm thinking about prayer is those moments when you realize that you are already connected and that you are already connected to the divine energy that is always flowing in our midst. And then we're tapping into that. So prayer is the practice of tapping into those moments. But we have to get out of, it is not an academic exercise. Mm. Leave that for your paper writing, for conversations. This is something different. Um, I love uh, Soren Kierkegaard. He's a philosopher and theologian. I should say was a philosopher and theologian. But he says the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. So important to keep in mind, this is about changing us, our brain activity, our hearts, our orientation. This changes the way we think and feel about everything. Um, so when I'm praying with people, I'm inviting them into a different space. I often have people come into my office and um, under a number of different circumstances, pain, tragedy, great celebration, all of these circumstances involved and so within the christian tradition uh, we have these scriptures this bible old and new testament hebrew scriptures and new testament scriptures that are full of these prayers that are um, honest with all of those emotions Um, the pain the tragedy the the grief in life and also this great time of of celebration the intense moments of life yeah and that's usually when people Come, to, come to me as a pastor and say, mm-hmm. will you pray with me? Mm-hmm. And it's such, it's a huge uh, honor 
it's an opportunity. So how do you do that? How do you lead people to this place of moving from beta to alpha? Yeah, yeah. Um, so say we're in a, in a moment of, of great pain and anguish, sitting with someone whose child has just been killed, whose, uh, whose husband or wife has just left. It's a sacred moment. It's a heavy, intense moment. Um, so I'm going to jump into those stories. Jesus prayed, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? As he's hanging, dying on the cross, through, going through a crucifixion by the Roman Empire, God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, the prophets, uh, there's a prophet named Jeremiah. Uh, in the scriptures, it's Jeremiah chapter 20. But he goes into this deep pain, God, you have abandoned me. You have left. You're nowhere to be found. Cursed be the day I was born. These brutally honest prayers, and we can jump into that kind of honesty because the healing comes in getting it out. The healing comes in naming it. Um, now, I'm not going to leave people there. I don't want to. Uh, so when we um, hold hands together or bow our heads together, we're not just going to name the pain. We're also going to go towards healing. A newness comes. So I'm going to pray and, and lead in my language. God, help us become more aware of the grace that's around us. Help us become more aware of those in our lives who are supporting us and loving us. Help us plug in more to community. During this time, let us become more aware, even if our heart is breaking. And if it's, if it's a great time of celebration, there, there's a psalm, Psalm 150, and it ends with this just hallelujah, over and over, hallelujah, hallelujah, 13, I think it's 13 times in like seven verses. Mm -hmm. Like there is a time to just... That is a, that's the greatest prayer. Hallelujah. Things are good. God, you are good. Life is good. And that's really interesting too because uh, in meditation, we often use something called mantra. Um, in America, you guys pronounce it mantra. It's actually <laughs> mantra. Love to make that distinction. Um, and it, what it means is vehicle of the mind. So it's when you use one word over and over again as a vehicle to direct your mind. Yes. So it keeps you from the other thoughts or it helps you magnify a certain emotion. So hallelujah over and over again is a mantra. Yes. So yes. it's again, it's this reflection of a meditational practice because as you repeat it, you increase the intensity of that energy, of that celebration, of that emotion. Yes. Oh, so good. When we were, we were on our way to the Rockies game the other night. In fact, you were at the same game. We didn't know it, but you were at the same game. Her first ever Rockies game, ladies and gentlemen. She's now a huge baseball fan. But here, my daughter and I were in the car driving, and there's a guy next to us at a stoplight, and he is belting out this song. I love and it's it. the lyrics, the chorus was over and over the same words, and he's just belting it out yeah. with the actions, the dancing. Yeah. And uh, it was the just aliveness. so fun to watch because this was like the greatest prayer he could offer in that yeah. moment. Yeah. A song prayer of joy. is prayer. Yeah. yeah, and it's that mantra yes. of repetitive yes. words over and over and we put actions to those words yeah because you can get lost in the repetition you get free yes. in that energy of just saying the same thing over and over again you get to feel it you're leaving the beta entering into the alpha yeah right yeah totally and the funny thing with alpha is the left brain hemisphere actually starts to become less dominant and the left side of the brain is that thinking, analyzing, the mathematical aspects of us all. But when we enter alpha, that left side becomes less dominant and the creative right brain hemisphere comes online. So that's when you get this whole brain thinking. 
And it's a state where you are aware of your intuitive guidance. And that's why you might get those bursts of inspiration or mm -hmm. out of the box creative thinking. And you feel a little more relaxed. So you're going into these slower brain waves. And that means more time between your thoughts and more time to choose your response. So I think when you're leading people in prayer and you're talking about that awareness, you also are possibly slowing down everybody's brain waves so there's space between the thoughts and space between the next action or response or yeah. perspective. You know, when I pray with people, I always like to start with gratitude and end with gratitude. And I know you're going to talk about some of the uh, physical responses that you've seen, that you've experienced. I experience it all the time, and I think that's why, for me, it's important to start and end with gratitude, even during the most intense times of pain and loss. Um, and what I do is I invite people to open their hands, because when we open our hands, it's a sign of uh, openness for a new thing to come. That, and receiving, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you're open to receive. The divine is always moving among us, around us, within us. Are we open to receive it? Are we open to experience it? So to have the openness the of hand. The gesture. Uh-huh. A, a fi very physical gesture. And when we finish, I almost always experience someone, myself included, doing a... Uh, Breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I feel better. I feel better. That does something to my head and heart. Mm -hmm. um, or um, I feel lighter. I needed that. I needed that moment of tapping into that moment of connection that was already there. We just took time out of our day to tap into that moment. Yeah. And that has a very, uh, a very physical benefit to it, an openness, a, a literal openness. And when you speak, it makes me feel the word release. Yeah. It's maybe you can set that heaviness down. Yeah. Which is why it's important to name it. The pain, mm -hmm. the gratitude, the celebration, we have to name it and get it out. So we've dovetailed into some of the physical aspects. Mm -hmm. The prayer allows you to almost physically set down your emotions and breathe that sigh of relief. Well, in meditation, um, some of the physical benefits that are scientifically reported are that it actually slows down aging and as our species continues to increase in longevity you know now we are projected to live into our hundreds and that won't be a big deal anymore yeah because of ai and all these different ways in which we're going to be uh you know supported and sustained further and further it's and incredible further. isn't it it's it is and it's sort of scary too because if i'm going to live a lot longer i want to live with vitality and with ability and meditation that's why so many people are turning to it now it's no longer you know a left field or an alternative practice it's becoming more and more mainstream i believe because of its effects on the physical body this way that it retards aging um, because it keeps our cognition and our focus higher our hmm. levels and our ability to to stay alert yeah. and alive so that we can drive so that we can still pursue work if that's what we want to do um, meditation cuts your risk for heart disease by half and heart disease is the number one killer in the world mm. because it reduces inflammation which contributes to autoimmune diseases and cancers and it boosts your immunity so meditators have higher white cell counts than non-meditators so we're actually boosting our immunity yeah. 
Um, physical benefit. The physical benefit. And it's actually shown that if you meditate, you can manage your pain more effectively because it, the way meditation works is it affects the receptors in the brain that manage pain. So there's so many emotional internal benefits and then actual physical external benefits that um, I think it should be a non-negotiable for people to practice. And as I'd mentioned earlier, you only need to do 15 minutes a day to reduce your cortisol, which is the stress hormone, the stress levels by 20%. So right there, wow. it's medicine, it's a prescription. Yeah, yeah. You know, meditation and medication, there isn't much difference between that. You can meditate instead of medicate. And it's free. And it's and free. And it's a gift that we can tap into. And it feels good. Yes. Well, I think this would be a good time to jump into a meditation, to experience, and here's what I want to invite you all to do. Um, be aware of the experience you are having emotionally, the, the benefits that we talked about emotionally, the freedom that comes with that, and the physical benefits. Notice yourself becoming lighter. Notice yourself, notice the sigh, the deep breath that you take at the beginning and the end. Notice yourself becoming more free, lighter, and simply feeling better about yourself and the world around you and tap into this moment of connection. So we're going to practice, as I said, a meditation using a mantra. And mantra is this way of directing the mind so that it doesn't fall back to the same repetitive thoughts. It's a way for us to take a break from all of our thoughts. So I invite you to choose a sacred phrase according to your own tradition, or your favorite name for God or Divine Mother perhaps a phrase or a word that has meaning to you and that you want to focus your attention with. It could simply be the word peace. I love to use Shanti. Shanti is the Sanskrit word for peace. Um, or you could use a phrase, something like, I am health. If you are looking for more health in your life, perhaps that's a phrase that you could use. Whatever feels right to you, choose a word or a phrase. And then we're gonna first bring our attention to the breath. So let's take in a nice long inhale. And a long, cleansing, deep sigh-like breath. Exhale. Inhaling again. Exhaling, trying to lengthen that exhale. Double the exhale. Inhaling again. And double that exhale. When we double the exhale, we activate the relaxation response immediately into the body. Let your breath find its own natural rhythm. And now begin to use your mantra. So as you inhale, just let the body fully draw in. And as you exhale, internally say your phrase or your word. So you're sending that phrase or word out of your body. Inhale and draw your energy in. Exhale and say your phrase or word. Keep going with this practice at your own pace. The inhale is just to draw in. The exhale is to say the phrase or word internally. Keep repeating this inhaling breath and exhaling your mantra out. If you like, you can visualize your mantra flowing out with your breath. See if you can see the words 
or an image flowing out with your breath. The image that represents your word, let's say. Just keep your attention to the breath in and that mantra out. And if your mind wanders to thinking, just use your breath to come back to the simplicity and that ease of only focusing on nothing but your sacred phrase. Drop into that repetition. Drop into the freedom and the non-thinking of just repeating the same sacred phrase or word over and over again. yourself just ride on your breath and ride on this mantra, ride on the energy of those words. You'll notice your brain feels bliss, it feels that ability to shut down, to let go, to release, to soften. No need to think, just repeat. we're in alpha, you can feel the brain waves slowing down. Maybe you can feel your breath slowing down. Here is where creativity lies. Here is where awareness comes online. where we get a handle on our emotional regulation. We increase our ability to emotionally regulate. We increase our flow of white blood cells, which boost our immunity in this state. We don't get those benefits in the thinking state. We get them in the resting alpha state. Stay with your mantra, stay with the breath. Become your word or your phrase. Feel it in every cell of your being. Feel that word and phrase running through your blood, running through your ligaments, inhabiting your bones. Last three repetitions. And now bringing your attention just to your inhale. Inhale and draw the shoulders up towards the ears. And exhale your final mantra out. Release your mantra, release it on the exhale. gently open the eyes. My brothers and sisters, give yourself the gift today of connection. 
of moving away from the beta and into the alpha. Go deep into the alpha. Experience the deepest connections you can. And join us next time for more third-way thinking.